Welcome, welcome everyone to the Old Man's Podcast. I'm Rocky Streb and I am that old man. You guys know that I've been in education for darn near four decades now as a teacher and as a coach. And when you do something that interesting for that long, you get some stories. And I've got stories, lots of stories that I want to share with everyone. I have humorous stories that are going to make you smile have heartfelt stories that will give you that warm feeling on the inside. I have some anecdotal stories that make you think, you know, the observations of the world that only an old man can come up with. And isn't that the value in us old people, men or women? If you think you fit in that group, then you're certainly going to be able to relate to the stories I have. If, however, you aren't yet to that point in your life, then buckle up. Because I want to help you avoid the potholes that life is going to throw in your way. Let's learn a little, me a little bit from what you know, and you a little bit from what I've seen. What a great journey life can be. Coming up on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast, it's time for me to make the seasonal switcheroo. Let me tell you about that one. See if you do that sort of stuff too. Things that we learned from the pandemic over the course of the last year that I've been doing this podcast, a number of my guests have wanted to talk about things that we've learned from our pandemic. I did some reading and a couple articles, what we've learned from the pandemic. It's interesting. We've learned some stuff. See what you think of my thoughts. Of course, I'm going to toss in a pep talk, and then we're going to play a round of Engage Your Brain. You put all that together, and you've got a great mix for a wonderful episode of the Old Man's Podcast. So Easter has arrived, it's come and gone. That's my signal that cold weather winter things get put away and the warm weather summer things come out. In my life, I like a lot of variety. I like to stay away from repetition. I don't wanna get into a rut, so to speak. After all, variety is truly the spice of life. I like to interject variety into every facet of my life. So for me, anyway, I have to schedule variety. I do like the feel of spontaneity, but I'm just so OCD compelled, really, to schedule that spontaneity. I know, that doesn't make any sense, and I'm well aware of the fact that scheduling spontaneity actually defeats the entire concept of being spontaneous. That's, that's just the way I am. I want it different, I want variety, I want to be spontaneous. I just feel the need to schedule it so I don't forget to do it right? We're busy. Okay, so what does that mean for the seasonal switcheroo? Well, 
Up from the basement comes the outdoor lawn furniture. The party lights that I like to hang. The bug zapper. Good times there. The grill gets cleaned up and prepped. I'll keep the fire pit handy because I really don't want to get cocky. Cold evenings, they could still be a thing for a while. I go to my closet. I put away the sweaters and the sweatshirts that are in my dresser. And I bring out my classic tees and shorts that I put away last fall. Away goes lace-up shoes or boots, and out comes the sandals and the flip-flops. Yes! Winter hats and gloves get put away because I got to bring out the hats to keep the sun off. I sure burn easily and I want to keep my skin looking young. You know, I talked a couple of episodes back about keeping an emergency bag in the car that in case you get stuck somewhere or you're, you are somewhere, you need something. In the winter, that's gonna be blankets and gloves, hats, stuff like that in the emergency bag. Out they come, in goes sunscreen and fishing tackle. Always keep a fishing pole in the car because you just never know. When the weather's nice, you got nothing else to do. Uh, it looks like I could throw a line in that pond. I'll probably do that. The motorcycle gets the winter rig stripped down because I'm looking for some warm weather and uh, take off the bags, take off the windshield, strip her down, and the bike looks great in warm weather. She's got a more classic look with all that stuff off of her. I look forward to putting some miles on her in the warm weather that's yet to come. But for me, the big switch, that's the bar. Now I've talked about this before in many episodes, kind of lean towards talking about alcohol. I may have a problem, but I'm not worried about that today. Anyway, away goes the whiskeys, the bourbons, and the vodkas. Those are my cold weather winter alcohols. The winter booze goes to the back of the shelves and up to the front comes the summer stuff. Rum, tequila, and gin for all the summer drinks that I like to make. Now it was a great winter booze season. I discovered a number of interesting whiskeys that I enjoyed this winter, and now I'm hoping to do that in the summer with some new and exciting tequilas. I've seen a lot of new products on this shelf. It's gonna be quite a challenge to get to all or even most of those flavored tequilas that I've been seeing on the shelves. But that's my kind of challenge. Gin's a great summer alcohol. I love a gin and tonic on a hot summer day with a squeeze of lime in there. Gin is pretty much all the same. Once you separate yourself from the super expensive blends, it's kind of hard to tell one from the other in a gin and tonic. You know, but I'll have plenty of that. I've been seeing some new flavored rums on the store shelves, so that's gonna lead to some very enjoyable research as well. You gotta load up on the easy drinking beers, you know, the Pilsner types that are light and go down like water on a hot summer afternoon. Nick and I made five gallons of a lightly fruit flavored summer brew. I think it's gonna be epic. You're all invited to stop by for a pint if you have the time. One thing I did learn over the winter and I don't know why it took me like 60 years to figure this one out, but I got a tip for you on garnishes. I realized or figured out that you can freeze fruit, in this case, fruit garnishes. So what I did was I sliced up a bunch of limes and lemons and oranges, you know, the things that you typically put in drinks as a garnish. And I will, in the summer, I'll use a lot of limes, lemons, and oranges. Put the slices in a bag, 
you know, you get them cut up to the right size that you're going to use in a drink. Put that in a baggie, throw them in the freezer, and they'll keep for the entire summer. Then, when you pull them out, it's even better because that lime is essentially lime-flavored ice cube. Drop that in your gin and tonic. Oh my gosh, I'm looking forward to that. I may have to quit this podcast right now and go try one because I'm starting to salivate. All of the flavoring and adding to the chilliness, that does sound wonderful. Switch it up. Keep it fresh. Come on, warm weather. I'm ready for you. After reading an article in AARP, some thoughts entered my mind, and I remembered several conversations that I've had with guests on the podcast over the last eight months. Conversations that we had about actually things we learned from the pandemic. And that's important to me. You've heard me talk about this many times, how we need to make sure that we're always learning things from our experiences. All of our experiences, the good ones or the bad ones, should make us a better person. Well, the pandemic was a pretty bad experience. How is that gonna make you a better person? Well, it can, it should. And that's because we need to learn things about ourselves uh, from the experience of the pandemic. So I just jotted down a few things that I wanna tell you about, see what you think. Maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. You know how to speak your mind. You can hit me with a voice message if you're using the Anchor app to listen to this podcast. It's very, very simple. You just go back to the beginning and you can leave a voice message for me. Even if you're not or you don't like voice messages, send me an email at theoldmansemail at yahoo.com. That's theoldmansemail at yahoo.com. Tell me your thoughts on the road I'm about to go down. What we learned from the pandemic. I think the very first thing, and I remember Mandy, when I did the interview with the millennial, Mandy the millennial, she brought this up about how uh, she felt closer to her family than she had been. Now she's a youngster, got a young family, but it's still very observant that she noticed uh, the ability, the opportunities really to become closer, like taking walks and just spending more time together. Heck, we're all locked up in the house together. A very well-known research center, the Pew Research Center, did a survey last summer and found that 52% of the American population between the ages of 18 and 29, so young adults, more than half of the country's young adults were living with their parents. Now, all of our young kids were with us. One is still in college at the time. One was finishing up grad school. There was really nowhere else for them to go because their schools were uh, went to virtual. So they were kind of stuck at home. So in our case, that was probably the only option. Maybe that was the case for you and your kids or you as a kid with your parents. I don't know, but I thought it was kind of nice having all three of them at home for the first time in many years. And of course we got tired of each other after a while, I'm just being honest, but it was uh, it was great being being with family. I think that's one thing that we learned from the pandemic that family does matter and it's important. I think medicine made a gigantic leap 
man, abound. We just, a revolution in medicine. Like one of the biggest lessons that we learned from COVID that is the scientific community can do amazing things. Every time I hear about the uh, treatments, the medical treatments for COVID and the, the, um, and the development of the vaccinations for COVID, it's, it just blows scientists away. And I followed a guy on Twitter that was closely involved with the development of one of the vaccinations. I don't even remember which one it was but he would kind of leave breadcrumb trails of telling us each day over a period of time how things were coming along. And he explained the process for making these new mRNA vaccines. And it's just incredible. I think I would sum it up like this. What we saw with the development of those particular vaccines, the Moderna and the Pfizer specifically, was the result of billions of dollars of research money and decades of research time that went into what folks was hoping would be a fantastic scientific discovery, a new frontier. And that's come to fruition. This is only the beginning. Vaccines for things that we could only dream about before will now become a reality. And at some point, the road that we're going down will lead to vaccines for cancer. And, and just amazing. So this pandemic, in my opinion, really showed us what science is capable of. We unleashed a beast in the face of medical science. I think it's wonderful, and I'm looking forward to how that's going to develop. I think another thing that we learned was we got to take care of ourselves. And maybe more people my age, not so much the millennials and the Gen Zers, as we talked about them when I did the interviews, you know, they, they talked about pampering themselves and not being so work-minded and focusing more on their needs and the people that they love needs. Us older people, we're not geared up like that. I believe us, the older generations, have the mentality that self-care, self-indulgence is something that is akin to selfishness. Self-care is bad. You got to take care of other people before you take care of yourself. And in the case of this pandemic, I believe we saw a new side of ourselves that it's fine. It's okay to take care of yourself. It's all right to um, focus on your own needs. Some before or while you're taking care of the needs of others. And I think that's a real important lesson for us, especially as old people, to learn that self-care is not a bad, selfish thing. I think we learned about having a stash ready for the next crisis. If we learned anything from the run on toilet paper, there's nothing wrong with having some stocks of toilet paper. Never would have thought about that. I'd have gone with uh, powdered milk and canned foods. Now, uh, make sure I always got a few rolls of toilet paper. Never let it get down to one or two rolls. You want to make sure you have a few more than that in backup because you just don't know. I believe age became an issue, didn't it? The adage age is just a number. It has a new meaning. The people who were hit the most by this virus have been older people. But not just older people, older people with what they, we learned a new term, comorbidity. In other words, not healthy. Being old is not going to be the handicap that just being old is if you're a healthy old person. 
So I think the coronavirus highlighted the importance, yet again, of living healthy lifestyle. Yes, doctors can keep our cholesterol low and our blood pressure low with medicines, and we can do hip replacements and all that kind of stuff. But the coronavirus pointed out, that's wonderful, but how about you just stay, keep yourself in shape? How about you just drop a few pounds? How about you get some exercise? Research has definitely shown that people that were exercising and that were healthy and in a healthy weight fared better when infected with the coronavirus. But I really am going to say that that's a good thing, a lesson that we learned. Healthiness is important, no matter what your age is. If you were younger and unhealthy, you were probably more susceptible to coronavirus than being younger and healthy. And of course, the same thing with us older people. So bottom line, I guess what I'm trying to say is be as healthy as you can at your age. Technology. We befriended technology and we ain't going back. A lot of people my age and older that weren't um, real big fans of things like online banking and online shopping and home delivery of this and home delivery of that, were kind of forced into doing those things. Banks were closed, couldn't get in at the very beginning. So online banking suddenly made sense. It was almost a mandate that that's how you had to do your business online with everything. So yeah, when you think about technology in a pandemic, sure, video calls, streaming, all that was very important. Regardless of where you were at before the pandemic, once the pandemic hit, you became more technology engaged. And that's not a bad thing. I think tech is for everybody, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be in our lives for the better, not for the worse. And one of the places that technology made a huge impact on our lives is work. Most of us, many of us at least, had to work from home. That was good for some people and bad for others. Depends how old your kids were and what kind of support system you had there. But working from home became a real thing. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. In my profession, education, a lot of teachers and school administrators were having to work from home and learning at home. Yeah, it worked for some kids, but didn't, certainly didn't work for all kids. I don't know what your profession is, of course, but did you carry on your job duties at home? Were you effective in your career at home? I think a lot of people were. Now, it didn't work great for everybody. Like I said, education online wasn't the best thing for all the kids. Worked for some, but not all. Did being stuck at home make you more effective, less effective, or did it not affect you at all? I'm wondering how that's going to go in the future, if business trips are going to happen less and less. I've done so many Zoom calls. Maybe you have to. I did one today. Earlier today, I was on a Zoom call with uh, somebody that I probably never would have communicated with via Zoom in the past. We had traded several days worth of emails or maybe even a few phone calls, but it would have, this is a topic, the subject that I needed help on would have dragged out for God knows how many days. Instead of a 15 minute Zoom call, I had all my questions answered. It is a much more effective way for everybody to do business. So I've liked the increase of technology. I think it's been under control and it's been great. Crowds will return and they're starting to return now, but I think we're gonna gather more 
carefully. I don't know what's going to unfold in the next few months in terms of festivals and concerts and movie theaters and crowds. It's going to happen again, but I think it's going to look different. What that's going to look like, we don't exactly know. But the new normal, for at least a little while, is going to be different than the old normal. We learned about loneliness, and sadly, we lost a lot of people during the pandemic to loneliness, to depression, to mental health issues, because they were by themselves. Old people, young people, middle-aged people, it didn't matter. Loneliness can be a deadly condition, and we saw that it was our Achilles heel as a human species during this pandemic. We've got to do a better job of taking care of people that are isolated, regardless of what their age is. And though a lot of older people felt isolated during this time, it goes back to the opening line of family's more important than we thought. I think preparation is gonna be on people's minds, at least through the next generation, because we're gonna remember this. You, know, you can hope for everything to be stable, but it could all fall apart, as we saw that happen a year ago now. Be prepared. And I don't just mean toilet paper. Have a stack of cash, some canned foods, a little powdered milk. I don't know, maybe enough ammo to last a while. I know I've got a few boxes, so I'm ready to go. Going along the lines of technology, medical care changed. I know we've had several teledoc appointments in our family. And that was something that never happened in the past, but it's happening now regularly. We're going to have a teledoc appointment tomorrow with Sarah getting uh, talking to a pot doctor for her. Yes, I said pot doctor because we've been dealing with the medical marijuana issue for Sarah and her treatment of her seizures. Things just aren't going well. Well, we've got an expert that's going to, from another part of the country, that's going to do a Zoom call with us tomorrow. That is a fantastic thing. So regular doctor visits might change and we may do more telemedicine. You're still going to need to go to the doctor, so don't get too excited. There's things that can only happen at the doctor's office. But I think our medical care is going to get better as we can get treated really quite easily and quite quickly, virtually. In the long run, that's going to make us a healthier population. I think cities are going to look different. You know, particularly the business district of a city is going to look different. I think working hours will shift a little bit. The, the regular nine to five thing is gonna change. People will be working at home all or part of the time. And uh, a softer shift life where you can work um, after five, before nine, pretty much any time that works out for you as long as you get the job done, of course. I think this flexible time will in the uh, cubicle. So when you're watching the office, it's gonna look like uh, a black and white show from the 60s here pretty soon because that setup, that organization of the workplace, it's gonna change a lot. Public spaces will serve more of the public. Parks, open spaces will become more important and we'll do more things outside in open air environments. Things that I have read lead me to believe that cities are already starting to look for more events outdoors in open air environments. Now it doesn't work 12 months a year in every geographic location, but whenever possible, it makes sense to have an outside concert as opposed to an inside concert. 
So that's some of the things I'm thinking about that we learned from the pandemic as a society. Of course, my own lessons, individual lessons were different and so were yours. What are your thoughts? What do you think we learned from the pandemic as a society? All right, people, gather around. Coach has got a pep talk for you. So for this episode's pep talk, I've got a quote I want to run by you. The um, quote is attributed to Maya Angelou. I do not know who Maya Angelou is, but this uh, quote got my attention. Let me give it to you and then I'll talk a little bit about it. I've learned that people will forget what you've said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Now you've probably heard that quote in some form or another, and I certainly don't disagree with it. I think uh, in my own life, the experiences that I have, yes, the people I remember the most are related to how I felt following that chance encounter or that meeting that experience so yes I've learned that people will forget what you said people will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel totally agree with it but of course I want to put a little bit of a twist to it I want to point out that actually what you say and what you do to people or for people becomes a part of how you make them feel. So people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. Mm, Words matter. Lack of words will make a difference. Actions matter. And so does a lack of action. But listening, that's an action. And lending a helping hand, that's an action do matter more. So no argument here from me. I just want to point out that this quote, that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, is really bringing into focus the personal words and personal deeds between people. Those are the things that you say and do that are remembered because of the effect that those words or deeds had. They touched someone's life. So what you say and what you do will matter because that is going to determine how you make people feel. So what do we need to do? Well, I think making yourself available is one thing, don't you? In our modern high-tech world, how tough is it to be available for your friends and family? It's really not that tough, is it? But making yourself available isn't the issue, it's the depth to which you go. Texting is a very common form of communication. You've heard me on a number of podcasts lament how texting is overused for communication. A text is really a pretty superficial form of communication. And a phone call, or even a rare personal visit, that says a whole lot more. So when we talk about how is that person going to feel from whatever it is you did or say, did you text them a message? Did you call them to give them a message or did you stop by to give them that message? All three of those things have a different depth of feeling with them. 
and talk about that many times. You need to use the appropriate form of communication when you're communicating important messages. Use an important form of communication. If your message is more superficial, then use a superficial form of communication, not a problem. When words or actions are needed, make sure that you're appropriately conveying the right message through your deeds or words. So yes, human communication has never been easier, but yet we often feel as if we've never been farther apart. I hear that from people all the time. Like most things for us humans, we too often take the easy route, the path of least resistance. Why bother calling when a text will do? Well, I think it's important for us to be mindful of that, to make sure that we're using our numerously available communication tools correctly, that we use the right tool for the job that's needed. So that's the word to the wise. Communicate with each other. Use everything at your disposal. Text if it's appropriate, but if you need a little bit more, make that call or stop by for a visit. We don't want to lose that personal touch. Who's ready to play? Engage your brain. Um, that's what we're going to do. So if you're not ready, get yourself ready. Listeners to the Old Man's Podcast know how important it is to involve themselves in brain-engaging activity on a daily basis. Sitting around watching TV isn't going to do it. you got to keep your brain active. Then it'll be good to you if you treat it well. So I'm just reminding you, do brain engaging and you know what that means do those kinds of activities on a daily basis don't get lazy this is super important so as a reminder i've got some uh, fun trivia questions to run by you today's topic is food trivia we've done it before but i got some new questions Immersing food in vinegar to prolong its lifespan is known as what? What is it called when you put food in vinegar to make it last longer? The answer is pickling. How'd you do on that one? You off to a good start? Alright, here's the next one. What is the only edible food that is said to never spoil? It never spoils and you can eat it always. It's honey. Honey is the answer. That's not what I'm calling you. It's a food that never spoils. Honey. All right, next one. Monterey Jack. What is that a type of? Monterey Jack is a type of cheese. That should have been easy, right? You got that one, didn't you? All right, here's another one. Top-selling cookie in the United States. It's tough not to go with your own favorite. But if it is your favorite, then it might be the top-selling cookie in the United States. Do you know what it is? I was singing this song one time as I was eating some, and my daughter thought I lost my mind. She had never heard this. You guys remember this. 
I would kittle eat the middle of an Oreo first and save the chocolate cookie outside for last. Yeah, I think that's how it went. But that's the United States top selling cookie, the Oreo. And man, does anything go better than an Oreo and a bunch of Oreos and a glass of milk? <laughs> that's some good stuff right there. Okay, one more. I'll give you one more. One more chance to get a trivia question right, or maybe you're going to get all five of them. Let's see how you do on this one. Which type of pastry is boiled before it's baked? It's a pastry and it's boiled before it's baked. You know what it is? It's a bagel. All right, how'd you do? Did you get them all right? Now don't forget folks out there in the world, make sure that you engage your brain in daily activities. It's good for you. So I'm going to start a new segment on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. I'm going to call it A Funny Thing Happened because some funny things happen. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe your life is uneventful. Probably not. You could probably tell some stories too about the funny thing that happens to you. But uh, goofy stuff happens and I notice it. I want to tell you about it. So here we go. You know, I talked a couple weeks ago about getting off cable TV. I haven't used cable TV for years. And I do enjoy regular broadcast over the air TV. Yeah, there's not that many channels, but what's on usually entertains me. And I like going through some of those channels that have the old things on there. You know, the Grit Channel, I don't know, Laugh Channel, Me TV, Comet TV. I was flipping through one of those and I stumbled on an episode of Bewitched. Hopefully you're familiar with the sitcom Bewitch. It was great. Uh, she was a witch. Samantha was her name and she was married to Darren. And her family hated him and he did the best he could. It was kind of relatable, I guess, for a lot of people because it was very, very popular. Well, in this episode of Bewitched, a spell had trapped them in their house. They couldn't get out. Now that sounds familiar, right? That sounds like the COVID spell we went through. Well, we currently are still going through. The big concern at the time for the household of witches was Darren's inability to get to work. That was a big problem for him. As you can imagine, in the 60s, the idea of being locked in your house meant, first and foremost, the old man couldn't get to work. We were able to avoid that in 2020 because we didn't have to get out. We could do virtual. And that's in quotations. I got air quotes going there. We could do virtual. We did virtual everything. Virtual work, of course. Virtual, I just talked about it a minute ago, doctor's appointments, virtual birthday parties, virtual graduation parties. Our creative minds were able to virtually do everything virtual. Pretty crazy, right? Well, you couldn't think about that in the 60s. So that was their big issue. How were they going to get Darren to work? Being digitally connected like that wasn't something the folks of the 60s could even dream about. Now, family members who were witches would pop into the house to try and help. And they got trapped inside too. They were exposed to the spell that had them trapped in the house and they became quarantined, just like we did during COVID. It's crazy, right? This sitcom from 60 years ago, kind of echoed to the future what could happen. It was funny to them, not to us. 
How many of you guys out there were trapped in a house with family you probably would rather not be trapped with? That happened in this episode. In covering for him why he couldn't get to work, they told his boss that the doctor had done a house call and had quarantined the whole family inside the house. That was really a thing back in the 60s, the house call. It went away pretty quick. Doctors weren't coming to your house much longer after that, but they are now, right? Just talked about that a few minutes ago, Teladoc. We've gone back in time, but we're doing it better. We're doing it virtually. For the record, if you're wondering, they were in a vapor lock due to unused witchcraft particles that were in the air. Eventually, those airborne particles subsided and they were able to return to the outdoors. So there you have it. More than 50 years ago, humor finally becomes a reality. So that's the funny thing that happened to me when I was clicking through the TV channels. Funny things like that ever happen to you? Well, you all know what that sound means. The old man has got to go. Hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. And if you did, well, heck, even if you didn't, please pass it on to everybody you know. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook. It's the Old Man's Podcast page. You can find that on Facebook. The Old Man's Adventures is on Instagram. And the Old Man Tweets is on Twitter. All this old man stuff, it's uplifting, though. Don't, don't feel sorry for me. I'm not depressed. The Old Man's Podcast website, it's coming. I'm just about there. I'll tell you about that in a couple episodes. Everybody be safe out there and come back to me next week. In fact, bring some friends with you. But in the meantime, live, love, and play boldly. That's the old man's way. Get off my grass! Damn kids. Goodbye.